Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad. We will celebrate. Thank you for uh, a national day of prayer. We will do so at the end of this service, Lord. We will, we will join the nation in prayer, asking for you to have mercy, calling upon the name of the Lord, asking for you to heal our land and to save our people, Father God. We pray, Father God, that you uh, confront the enemies of God. And uh, stronger is he that is within us than he that is against us, O oh God. So, Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you bless your word, that it would be an encouragement. Because at the end of the end of the end, Lord, what remains is faith, hope, and love. And these we want to perfect. And we want to remain in our steadfast faith and our um, uh, ever-abounding hope and our love, Father God, which is eternal in you. And the perfect love cast out fear, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning. Make us strong in faith. Uh, give us the strength to overcome the spirit of sickness and death, O oh God. And we pray, Father God, that you be great in us, that we would be the answer to the world's problems. We're on the resource side of all things, Lord. We lack nothing. You've made all things perfect in Christ Jesus. We uh, claim the blood of Jesus of our lives, Lord, that you cover us with the blood of Jesus in these wicked days like the blood that covered the doorposts of the Egyptians that did not let the death angel in, O oh God. We pray, Father God, that we would be surrounded on every side by your mercies, that our children would be kept safe and without fear, full of hope, full of courage, O oh God. We pray that our faith would be uh, true and steadfast and substantive, for this is what overcomes the world, even so our faith. Father, prosper your word in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. The gospel is not for cowards. It's, it's for courageous. It's for those that stand fast in the time of difficulties. More than ever, we could read Matthew 24, 37. And the Bible says that in the last days, all sorts of, if you read the entire passage of 24, you see the intensity of craziness and chaos upon the face of the earth, such so that it will be as the days of Noah. And so a lot of people philosophize whether there's any relevance to the gospel. It, can we confide in the gospel? The gospel is the only thing that will keep you afloat. In these crazy days. Why? Because it tells you the end from the beginning. It tells you all things. And here uh, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah. I, I constantly, and especially when I first became a Christian, I would go back to those days, uh, a worldwide flood. Everybody's being wiped out. Somebody says, oh, you think God's going to kill the whole world? Yes. He already did it one time. Everybody died except eight people. Why am I screaming? Because I love to preach loud. Make sure you get it. Uh, eight people survived. You know why they survived? They stayed in the grace of God. They obeyed God. They moved with God. There is an ark of salvation. Now it's Jesus Christ. There is no other name given to man through which they might be saved but Jesus 
uh, I was telling some people yesterday, we were celebrating Jules' birthday, and I was telling some people that when I first got saved, I didn't know if this, you know, because you come from a world of superstition, hokey pokey, magic, brouhaha, what was the name, abacadabra, abacadabra, and all this stuff, and Cinderella, and you had all the magic potions. So you come into Jesus now, and you know Jesus is the, the real deal, and you want to know if it works. So that night I went to, I fell asleep in my dream, and in my dream I went into a public restroom in some mall or something, some turnpike, I don't know, maybe a resting station there, and I walked in and somebody came up to me with a knife, and it was a thug, a criminal, and he was like, give me your money, and I go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do you get this language? And then he looked into me like this in the dream, and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like, does this work? Because if not, I'm going to run. No, see, we don't know if it works until you call upon the name of the Lord. And every time you call on the name of the Lord, it works. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. There's power. There's healing. We don't use it enough. But here in the days of Noah, it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. What, what are these things? Verse 38, it says, For in the days before the flood, people were playing around, eating, drinking. They were marrying. Who cares? They were giving into marriage. I don't care if I'm married. I'm not married. If I'm not. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. Verse 39. There's a cutting edge. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. That's a sad day. Having the Bible where God tells us all things that you not know the times, that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. A lot of people will be lost. A lot of people will perish. They're not going to move into the place of safety and salvation. So that being said, um, I, I know that all these things that are happening are to challenge my faith so it gets stronger, my hope so it gets more intense, and my love so it's cool. Um, I'm not selfish in these days. I'm not living against God. Uh, faith, hope, and love are those things being enriched in your life. Those, those, that, that's the value of heaven. I need to hurry up here. The value of heaven is that when you stand before God, he gives you some thumbs up. You know what you did down there while all this thing was going on and you were going different? You were moving in a different direction, a different thought, in a different spirit? I've already decided that the spirit of fear is not coming into my life. End of story. Why? Because the Bible says God has not given me a spirit of fear. So every time it knocks on the door and I feel, whoo, I'm, wait a second. No. That thing's trying to push me in a direction. I need to walk in faith. I need to go against what fear, where fear is driving me. I need faith to encourage me and, and, and be greater in my life. Um, <clears throat> I really... Don't know how it feels like to go to war, but I don't want somebody next to me crying about dying. The people that used to fight and go to war were like, ah, Braveheart, ah, they're going. And if you die, you die. But you're not sitting there in a little cave like, uh, I think it was Saddam Hussein um, in a gutter, like a rat, 
you know, scared after he was so pompous and so, uh, uh, no, man, die with dignity, die with pride, die with courage. Let your last words not be, where's my mama? You know, make sure that you guys, okay, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting distracted here. Um, but no, the, the greater measure of the things that are measured in heaven are the things that upon the earth are great. I, I went to go see that Hamilton play, play the, uh, the Broadway show, and this guy Hamilton says, you know, I'm, in, I'm alive. He was an orphan. His mother died. His uncle committed suicide. He was here upon the earth. He goes, I want to die for something that's worth something. I want to die for something. He, that's where, you know, I guess, I don't know if this is true or not, but he goes, man, let's start a revolution. Let's go beat up some British people. You know, he wanted his life to count for something. And, and that's what I think that the greatest cause of, the, of so many so many American, over there in Texas, I was just in San Antonio, I told them, look, all your children are converting to Muslims. And they're going to mosque because they want to die for something. And Christianity has become so lame. People are not living Christianity like they used to. To be eaten by lions. To being burned at the stake. Christianity is not for cowards. These people were like going to face beasts. To be cut in half, the Bible says. For their faith. For their faith. And I, I want to get in that fire. I want that fire to consume me in the last days. Luke chapter 21 verse 22 says, for these, um, for these be the days of vengeance. For these be the days where God is going to fulfill his mighty wrath upon the earth. Let me ask you guys something. Here goes. I'm going to be really crazy this morning. In a nation like America, where there's been over three million abortions in the last 30 years in excess the numbers are, are staggering crazy the blood of infant children in the womb being cut in half being sucked out being that the vicious partial birth abortion where they stick scissors and they cut the, the neck of the child behind its head while it's still in the womb and that's legal if you do that outside of the womb it's murder and you're going to sit there and tell me that God is going to sit indifferent to that vast Im immensity of violence, of bloodshed? So I told somebody, I don't know when I told somebody, but I told somebody recently that I believe that all the nuclear weapons in America are just going to explode right here. And God's going to wipe out the United States because of the blood of the children in abortions. And so I, they said, well, do you have any biblical backing for that? I go, well, look, in the last days when there's Armageddon, the only nation that doesn't show up to fight is the Americans. Russia shows up, China shows up, Asia shows up, and the Middle East shows up. The only ones that don't show up is Americans. Why? I believe we're not even here. Because if God were to do justice in America because of the bloodshed, we have legalized the death of children. And so that, that blood doesn't go unspoken of. God's not going to turn his head and look in another direction with a nation that is as wicked as allowing the judges, the, those that make decisions in America to, I got off track again. But just, just consider that as the intensity of the wrath of God for the last days. 
where sometimes we're doing stuff that, that God is super angry at and we don't even know he's angry. That's a bad preposition or, or posture, disposition. So here it goes. Um, Luke 21, 22, all things that are written shall be fulfilled. All things written may be fulfilled. The days of the wrath of God upon the earth, verse 26, people will be so terrified that their hearts will fail with fear. The, the climate, I used to read this and says, what could be so scary to make somebody want to die before they're dead? Imagine if somebody says, look, I'm watching this. Could I close my eyes so when I die, I don't see it? This is not just a, a, you know, contemplating possibility. No, the last days will be so treacherous that men's hearts will fall. I, I guess, let me tell you something. And this is, I believe this wholeheartedly, that the rate of heart attacks nowadays, the intensity of... You can see if you go back to the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. Go see the, the rates of heart attacks that are happening today. Uh, people are super stressed out. They're fearful for their mortgage. They're fearful. I just heard yesterday, watch this. One lady inherits a, a sum of money. She inherits $700,000. She puts it in the stock market, and that's her safety because she makes $50,000 a year with the $700,000 she put in the stock market. So she's fine. But what happens when the stock market crashes and her $700,000 goes down to $100,000 and now she's getting $10,000 a year. And she goes like this. She literally said, I'm going to go jump off a building. Because people are looking with fear. They have no community. Man, we're blessed. We're in the church. We're blessed. We have family. We're surrounded by people that will give us. I remember Claudia, one lady came in here. She was terrified. She had $30,000. Claudia had $400 in her bank account. Her and Jules were starving. Now they're rich. But this is in the time where they were starving. And Claudia only had $400 in her. And this lady, Elaine, she was a client of mine from my law. I said, come to church tonight. And she came to the church. She was throwing such a fit. She had $30,000 in her account. Claudia had $400. And Claudia says, don't worry, I'm going to give you some of my money. And Claudia wrote her a check for $300. The lady now had $30,300, and Claudia had $100. But Claudia had God. God. Claudia had peace. Claudia had hope, faith, and love. Claudia had joy. And I got my client, I wanted to kill her. I said, you went to church last night and you took $300 from a lady who had 400 And I know you have 30000 But your fear was greater than her faith. Let me get back on task here. The hearts of men will fear, fail for fear, from fear. Get fear out of your life in Jesus' name. And the expectations of those which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Everything's going to be stirred up. Verse 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. The next thing of everything being shaken on the earth is Jesus is coming. And listen, I don't know about you, but he's not, I don't know who, he's coming for me. I don't know if he's coming for you, but I know he's coming for me. Why? Because I love him more than life. I know he's coming for me. 
And so you need to know he's coming for you so that you can shake all these things off. And it's, it's, it's the notice, he, he'll be coming around the mountain. It's the sheep. He, I'm waiting for the Lord's return. It's an expectation I have in my heart on a daily basis for real. Verse 28, when these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift your heads, your redemption draws near. We're about to take off to heaven. When everything down here is stirred, and let me tell you something, it's stirred like I've never seen it. One plague in our day shut down airports, shut down schools, shut down the stock market. It's going to, last night I was talking to a friend of mine, he said, they have 100,000 beds in Miami, the hospitals. Yeah, but when we go to the Super Bowl here, there's 100,000 people in the Super Bowl. So if that many people go to the hospitals, we have no more hospitals. You, you, nurses, we have the most nurses in Dade County in this church. Whoa! Per capita. We got nurses here. We got doctors. But listen to me. We have Jesus. Name above all names. We were camping early on. And how old was, where's Yvette? How old was Brandon? When we were camping, he must have been 10 years old. We went up here to S Sweet River, Peace River, and, and they take you on a bus eight hours up the river. So you go four hours down the river canoeing. Everything was fun. We camped the night. You stay overnight. You camp on the fire. We took the kids camping. And then you have to, in the morning, you wake up, you have breakfast, you get in your canoe, go four more hours, and then you get in your car where your car is parked. But that night... Brandon broke out with asthma, and I didn't bring any medicine, and, and neither did, Yvette didn't bring medicine. We didn't bring the, the, the I said, okay, let me get this straight. My little kid's right here. He's nine years old. He's, he's, he can't breathe because it got real cold. It got real wet. He's having an asthma attack, and I'm thinking in my head, okay, idiot, um, you got to get in this canoe at night full of alligators all around, go four hours at night, go to where your car is, with a guy who cannot breathe to think to get in my car, which is the keys are left there and it's not open overnight. How do I get to a hospital? How do I call 911? How do I do nothing? Jesus! And I cry out on the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name! I don't know if I scared Brandon or what, but that asthma was gone. I scared the asthma, I scared Brandon, and he went to sleep. And he will always say, the night that Jesus healed me, name above all name, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. He is Lord. Never again. Asthma's gone in, Matt, in Brandon's life. But what happens to those people that weren't taught to call on the name of the Lord? What's going to happen to them that they don't know that with great power and glory, He's going to come in the clouds for his people. Verse 31, so likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is within hand's reach, is near. That's what the Bible says. Verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always. So what we're supposed to do in these times is be vigilant and pray that we might be counted worthy to escape all these things that will befall the earth. 
You know, and some people say, well, it's not going to happen now. I don't know if it's going to happen now or in a thousand years. Whenever it happens, this is the instruction. It's like what happens on an airplane. Every time you get on the airplane, they tell you, put the mask on. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But if it does happen, you want to know you were listening. You want to know where the cushion is, where the one, two, three button is. And he says, ask the Lord that you would be counted worthy to escape. There's going to be terrible times that will come upon to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That you'll be there at that place. Revelation 13, 17 says, The time will come where no one shall be able to eat or drink unless they have the mark of the beast. No one's going to be able to buy or sell. I got three weeks worth of toilet paper, Pastor. Listen to me. What happens the fourth week, mister? What, I got three months supply worth of, what happens the fourth month? What happens when there's nothing anywhere around? You're going to have to call upon the name of the Lord. And the beast is coming. And, you know, all this stuff, they, they say, we want to close down the earth. Planet earth will be closed for 30 days. It's like, what are you talking about? So the NBA decides to close down. What happens with all these people that make money working at the NBA? Guess what? Nada. They're not going to get no provision. If they don't have friends and family, if they didn't make the values of the kingdom important, they're out to lunch. They're out without lunch. Um, but we, we need to press into the gospel's message and the intensity because in that, in that scenario um, where all these things are taking place, you want to know that you're going to stand on the right side of history. The backdrop of the last days is an opportunity for men and women to love God above all things. There's a people who says, oh, you're too radical. How about now, baby? How about I'm, I'm too radical now? I'm not going to see you at church. The next time. I have a couple of friends who are going to be coming to church, by the way. Because they've been invited for the last 30 years. And they didn't think it's important until they don't have no more toilet paper. Now it's important. <laughs> Man, let's rejoice. Let's have, let's have a blast. We're going to heaven. Absolutely. So I, I don't want to get, I don't want, look, last night Nick was sharing on Acts 28, verse 1 through 10. Um, 1 through 4 is Paul being bitten by a snake. We'll go there real quickly. When they had escaped, they found out that they, they landed in an island. First, they were shipwrecked. Now, they're in an island called Malta. Verse 2, while everything is going on, the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. We're freezing. They made us a little bonfire. Verse 4, um, they grabbed some wood. Uh, when the natives saw the... Uh, let's go to 3. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, he, he liked to put fire, uh, he was a little pyro there. Uh, a viper came out and bit him because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So here is a snake, poison, and the natives saw this creature hanging from his hand. You're going like this. This is the, this is the procedure when a snake has your hand. You, you shake and the hand. And they said to one another, no doubt this man is a bad man, a murderer. Uh, though he escaped the shipwreck, uh, yet justice is cu- catching up to him. He's not, will not allow him to live. Verse 5. So Paul shook it, the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. They knew that snake. They knew what was supposed to happen. He was supposed to, they sat there and watched him to die. They were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down. Why? Because my cousin, that happened to my cousin, it happened to my aunt, it happened to my grandfather, it happened to my, my son. But after they had looked for a long time, say with me, a long time. They saw no evidence of harm coming to him and they changed their mind and they thought he was a God. This is a time where people don't know that God is in us. 
that God is real. If he's real, if he's not, I'll see you in heaven. If you haven't made the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I love Romans 8, 2. It says, if the power of life in Christ Jesus, if this, if the reality of the spirit of life that Christ Jesus gave us made us free from the law of sin and death. That means when sin and death and pestilence and fevers and sickness come to us, what's in us is stronger than that. We're going to infect the coronavirus to get out of our midst. And our, like, like, like Jonathan said, coronavirus is scared of me. Love that. You better finish that with in Jesus' name. Stand with Jesus. Stand strong with the Spirit of God. Really powerful in the last days. This is not for cowards. This is not for those who shudder in fear and worry at the front lines, just spewing out their cowardice poison and toxics. Because the gospel is stained by the blood of Jesus and the followers who laid down their lives following his example. I'll die for God. I'll die doing what God says. If he says to lay hands on the sick, I'll do so. I'll face that challenge. I'll walk like the men who walked before me. I'll, I'll walk leaving a mark. My sons will say, my dad was strong in the Lord. He was strong in the power of his might. And whatever happens as an expense or as a result of that, It'll be my legacy, Hebrews eleven thirty three. Those who through faith conquered kingdoms, they administered justice, they gained the promise, and they shut the mouths of lions. Those are the people who went before us. They, they were willing to stand before beasts to be devoured in Jesus' name. Verse 34, they quenched the fury of flames. They went to the fire. Um, they, they were... They were, they were burnt at the stake. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of the weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of all aliens, of all foreigners, of all um, that came against them. Women received back their sons from the dead. They raised them from life again. There, there was a time in the Bible it got so bad. Um, in this time, biblical times, it got so bad in 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 30. The king overheard women said, we were starving. So we made a deal. Me and this woman made a deal. As he passed, the people looked and they were underneath a sackcloth. Let's, let's read this portion um, when the king heard the words of the women, let's go to verse 29, 26, 26. The king of Israel was passing by the wall. A woman cried out, help me, my lord, the king. Help me, lord, the king. What happened? Verse 27, the king replied, if the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? Then he passed, verse 28, and he asked, what's the matter? And the woman said, um, this woman here... She said, give up your son so we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat your son. Two moms that are deciding they're going to cook one kid at night to have him as a meal. I don't know what type of meal. If you got a skinny son, you, you, you lost on that one. 
But if you had a chunky son, it's like, well, who's the chunky one? Let's get that. Well, let's eat him tonight, and we'll eat your son. Oliver, you would have been gone. They would have eaten you up. Um, they're eating their kids in a time of crazy famine. So imagine that taking place in our times. And then in verse 29, she says, and now it's his turn. So we boiled my son and ate him. And said to her on the next day, give us your son that we might eat him. But she hid her son. Julietica, who would you give up? Julietica would eat both of the women, I think, if they mess with her sons. But listen to me. We're talking about perilous times. Times that are insane. You wouldn't even think that this is even close to remotely biblical. And here we're reading it. Well, it gets, it gets worse because right up above that, in verse 25, it says that a cup of pigeon crap, the great famine in Samaria, the, a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and a cup of dove droppings. Imagine, oye, tú tienes una libra de estiércol de paloma. Apparently, the, the doves went around eating seeds or something from far away, and they came in a crop, and that was the best nutrition. And people are paying fast bucks for pigeon crap. They're eating pigeon crap. And kids, sorry for I'm making nauseous some people. But listen, the, the Bible has shown us these terrible times. And the best place to be in these times is in the shelter of the most high God to walk in faith to be part of these peoples in Hebrews 11 36 some face jeers and floggings even chains and imprisonment verse 37 they were put to death by stoning they were sawed in two <clears throat> they were killed at the sword they went about in sheepskins goatskins destitute persecuted mistreated the world was not worthy of them. Verse 38. The world was not worthy of them. These, these are the guys that marched before us in the hall of faith. I want to give my life for the Lord. I think it's, it's what he did for me on the cross. Um, whatever the case and scenario might be. And they call us crazy for whatever should happen. I want God to be glorified. The time of salvation came in 2 Kings 7, 1. After that horrible pigeon crap and the children beaten, eaten my mothers. In chapter 7, Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. Because everybody wanted to hear what the man of God said. And this is what the man of God said. Tomorrow, about this time, you'll have so much flour that it will be sold for pennies. So, so these, these, these prices, they're, they're shifting. But when you're, when you're in the Lord, you're steadfast. You have peace. You have joy. You walk in the power of the Spirit. You're not affected by the plagues. You read the ten plagues of Egypt, and you see that each one of the plagues came against a god in, his, in Egypt. The ten plagues, you're like, why did he... Why did he bring so many plagues upon those people? Each one of the plagues was to confront a spirit of a deity. Some, somebody was taking his glory. And the plagues were coming upon those. It was the flies, the frogs, 
the, the, the hail, the locusts, all these were gods that were worshipped in Egypt. And God was stomping, stomping out the gods that were taking his glory. And I think in our day he's doing the same thing. People think their money is strong, God's going to step on it. People think their health is strong, God is going to step on it. Whatever you make a God, but if the Lord is your God, rejoice. Rejoice because you're going to be prospered. You're going to have peace. You're going to be untouched. And this is a powerful preaching. I'm glad we kept the day of the Lord holy, separated. Ezekiel 7, 19 says, In the last days, the people that are trusting in their gold and silver might as well throw it in the streets. Why? Because they will, know, they will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be like crap. Your money means nothing. Nothing. You throw it in the street because it can't buy you what God gives you. You can't purchase it. So they're going to throw their silver and their gold in the street because it won't be able to deliver them. Nor fill their stomachs. The wrath of God and his vengeance is against all the gods. Exodus 12, 12 shows you the example. I not only am stepping on Pharaoh and on his armies, but I'm stepping on the gods of Egypt. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and will strike all the firstborns in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all gods of Egypt to execute judgment, to establish that I am the Lord. Father, thank you for this day. We bless you in the house of God. I'm going to ask Pastor Richie to come up here, National Day of Prayer, to pray for the nation. The president has asked us to pray and to call upon the name of the Lord. And let's stand, church, this morning, and you be filled with the Spirit of God. Don't miss a service. Don't miss a beat. Uh, tomorrow, Clarita's house is not open because she's on vacation. So uh, the women are not going to meet tomorrow, but not because of coronavirus, but because of uh, absent Clarita. Amen. Let's just raise our right hand and pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you for this message, Lord. This message which we needed to hear, Lord. This message which yes, Jesus. our church and our community and our nation needs to hear. We just ask that we could be aware of this. We could be filled with your spirit. That we could depend yes, on you, Lord. Lord our trust and our protection yes, and the you, supplying God, of our say. needs come from you, Lord. May, be, may we be aware of this, Lord. May we continue to have faith and trust in you. Hallelujah. The, the media and everyone is just going around in panic and just um, just deliver us from that, yes, Lord, Lord, that we not even pay attention to that, Lord, that we just look up to you and call upon the name of Jesus. Yes, Hallelujah. The Jesus. name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As our Savior, our Lord, almighty God, Lord. We just put ourselves in your hands and we thank you, Lord, for this message today. Help us today and all this week week, Lord, that we can be salt, the salt of the earth, that we can be the light, yes, and that we can be an inspiration Lord, to others, Lord. Lord, to look toward you, Lord, to trust in you, hallelujah, to hang on to you, and to have salvation and peace in their homes and in their souls. And we thank you in Jesus' name. People amen. Said, amen. 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 God bless. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Hallelujah.